0: This is Hockey Central 960 with Haley Salvian on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan.
1: All right, I've got to start today's show with an apology to Flames fans who were watching the game last night against the New York Islanders. Flames up 3-1 to one in the third period. I decided I'm going to go and get some food. I tweeted about this last night. I got up to get some pad thai. Didn't want to make dinner, was feeling pretty lazy. I come back and it's 3 3. The Flames lose in and overtime. And pad thai wasn't even that good. Wasn't good. I didn't like it. That's karma, I guess. And I, I tweeted about this last night and some Flames fans weren't happy with me. Uh, I've been told I should never eat pad thai again. That's fine. I'm okay with it. I won't go there again. Didn't like the food. So, I apologize. I just felt I needed to get that off my chest before the show started. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have gotten up. Things were going fine. Flames looked really good to start the game. I wouldn't say really good. They were the better team for the first 40 minutes. And then the New York Islanders uh, had a really good third period. They made some good in-game adjustments. Couple mistakes from the Flames... Proved to be costly, and I think that was the the big thing. Is the Islanders were more opportunistic in the period of time where they were the better team last night against the Calgary Flames, as evidenced by the two goals in what fifty nine seconds, fifty five seconds. Don't have it right in front of me. I apologize. Fifty nine seconds. That's right. Ends up in a three three tie. Islanders loaded up their top line with Matt Barzell, Anders Lee, and Brock Nelson. And they did a lot. That switched the momentum in, in the islanders' favor every time they were on the ice. They had around four minutes of ice time at five and five, led 12 to two in shot attempts, eight to one in shots on goal, seven to one scoring chances and four nothing, high danger chances. One goal, none against. That line, and Matt Barzell specifically were difference makers last night. But uh, yeah, that was my apology. Islanders looked uh, pretty good in the third period. Flames have lost five straight now, although they have gotten two points in their last two games, the quote-unquote loser point. So welcome to Hockey Central. I'm Haley Salvin here with you for the next hour. We've got a Peter Labardius, voice of the Flames on Sports at 960, is going to join us here shortly. We're going to get in a little bit more into the Flames game. They lost the Islanders last night in the New Jersey Devils game tonight. That's at 5 p.m. Mountain. And Kyle Bacoskis, rinkside host on Sportsnet and Hockey Night in Canada, is going to join us later in the show, talk a bit about the Ottawa Senators, Ryan Reynolds, the sale of the team, et cetera. So that's coming up at around 1:40 with Kyle Bacoskis. Looking around the league, I mean, there was only a couple games last night. Washington beats Edmonton 5-4 to to snap their four-game losing streak. That was a fun game last night. Genny Kuznetsov, he had four points. He was moving. He looked great. There was so many displays of incredible individual skill in that game last night between the Capitals and the Edmonton Oilers from McDavid, Ovechkin. Ovechkin had the spinorama deke between two different defenders that hit the post and almost beat—I mean, he beat Skinner because it hits the post. I really wish he would have scored on that. That would have been a whole lot of fun for Alex Ovechkin to to have a goal on that move, that was great. Boston Bruins, they beat the Blues, who've now lost seven straight after winning their first three games this season. They were one of those teams that was, you know, undefeated early on in the season. They've lost their last seven games. Things are not looking good in St. Louis right now. GM Doug Armstrong did a media availability last week, and he had a, meet, a meeting with the players Said in both meetings that he stands behind Craig Berube. He's putting the onus on the players to work harder, execute better. St. Louis Blues have the worst shooting percentage in the league right now. So lots to fix when you're looking at the Blues. And, of course, the Flames lose in overtime against the New York Islanders, 4-3 to last night. So let's get a little bit more into that game with Peter Labardius. He joins us now on the Atlas Pizza Hotline. He's the voice of the Flames on Sportsnet 960. Peter, hi, how are you?
0: I am fine, Haley. How are you?
1: I'm doing well, thank you. Thanks for joining. I feel like you are maybe the busiest person on this radio network, so I've been been like, all right, let's, let's wait. We'll wait to bring Peter on because Voice the Flames, you're on Flames Talk all the time, you're on Sportsnet today, and now you're on Hockey Central. So Sorry to well, add on well, for you.
0: <laughs> well, 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 thank you. Um, for a long time, um, I was part of hockey central at noon mm-hmm. um, what what was a staple at our radio station for a long time so this is kind of you know just like old times with someone new
1: yeah so welcome back hockey central at one now so it's yeah. it's great to have you yeah. here
0: <laughs> oh i know i've i've been listening so yes
1: great well thank you so want to get into the game a little bit last night and i heard you on flames talk um, you know, in, in my opinion, it looked in the third period that the, the kind of in-game adjustments from the Islanders and Matt Barzell really kind of took things over in that line with Anders Lee and Brock Nelson. I mean, they they turned on the gas and, and the Flames, I mean, they weren't as opportunistic as the Islanders were because the Flames are the better team and they couldn't lock it down. Islanders were very good at the end of the third period and they obviously come away with the two points. What did you think about last night?
0: Yeah, I I don't disagree, Haley. Um, You know, I think in most NHL games, my philosophy is this. You're never going to completely dominate anyone for 50 minutes. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've been to that new building or the old building, um, but Islander fans, when they get going, they might be as good as anybody in the NHL. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, the wave began. Uh, you're right. I thought Barzell, in many ways, really changed the game. That line was dangerous um, every time they stepped out onto the ice in the third period. And, um, you know, it, it was a tough one to swallow because I really liked the Flames for 50 minutes. I really did. I thought they checked. They played to their identity. Um, you know, the only thing you would change, and you use the word opportunistic, you know, I forget which coach in my long career who taught me this (laughs) one, but I believe in this. In most games, you're going to be a dominant team for a period or 10 to 20 minutes where you're clearly better, and it's probably going to happen to you during the course of a game. What you get done when you're better and what you allow when they're better, I find decides a lot of games. And Mm -hmm. last night was kind of the poster child for that because the Flames, except the Flames did what they do best for a long time, maybe didn't get quite enough out of it. And the Islanders certainly got a lot done with when they were the better team
1: hmm You know, Nick D. Simone makes his debut with the Flames. I believe that was NHL debut too. He gets the the rookie lap last night at uh in, in on Long Island. I always mess that up. In Long Island? On Long Island? Anyone from there is gonna hate that.
0: Um, Maybe we should ask the medium.
1: Yeah. yeah, <laughs> But, uh, you know, Nick D Simone, he has the, the turnover there in the third period and, and that's, it's not great. Um, and I don't think you can really blame him for what happened last night, but it's almost a bit of a microcosm when you're thinking of, you know, this is a blue line that is being tested early with, with, uh, Chris Tanev out with, Michael Stone out now, obviously no Oliver Shillington early in the season and you've got Anderson, Zadorov, Uyghur, Hanifin playing over twenty-five minutes a game down this last stretch. I mean, what are you seeing in terms of, of this this decor being tested so early in the season?
0: Well, Haley, you were with us the last couple of years and you know, you're around every day for that dream regular season that we all we're all covering last year where the team had literally no major injuries mm-hmm. um, and really didn't until Chris Tanev went down, you know, in game six of the playoff series against Dallas. Um, I think a couple of things. The the Flames depth on defense, obviously, I don't know any blue line in hockey, Haley, that can have three key people out and not pay a bit of a price. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I personally think you know, look at what's happened in Vancouver um, at times the last couple of years. I, I, I'm a big believer you have got to have quality on the back end in order to be a really good team in this league. And Chris Tanev, as you all well know, glues it all together for that group. They're mm-hmm. just, they're not the same without him. Now, in saying that, I thought the Flames top four last night was excellent. Mm-hmm. excellent they all played 25 plus but it was a lot to ask and I felt bad for Nick DeSimone because I quite liked his game in fact if you remember just prior to him turning that puck over that led to the Palmieri equalizer he made a great play on a partial two-on-one to break up what would have been potentially a better scoring chance mm-hmm. but Daryl was pretty adamant today in his in his commentary about the lack of depth Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and the uh, toll that you're dealing with now for your top four. So we'll Mm -hmm. see where it goes. Um, I don't think Tanev's out long-term and they can't get number eight back fast enough.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up because we have the clip from Daryl Sutter. Um, let's, let's hear what Sutter had to say about, about the top four and, and some of this lack of depth. We talked last night about the four defensemen that are playing a ton right now. It's like- too much. You got guys, what did we play last night, 23 to 27? That means those guys are doing everything they can, and, and this depth stuff we talked about in the summer is a bunch of bullshit. There wasn't one guy in training camp that, even took a step towards being a, a
2: sixth or seventh or eighth defenseman, that's we're playing them now. So, time to
0: ripen the apple a little bit for them.
1: Well, certainly pointed from Daryl Sutter. So
0: what, uh, what was what was <laughs> as someone who spent a lot of time around the team? What was uh, your thought process, Haley, when when you heard that clip last night or this you- morning?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to bring this up because I, I think it's interesting. I mean, you want guys in training camp to grab those spots, right? I think that's really important. We didn't necessarily see that. I mean, we didn't see Yusuf Alamaki grab a spot. Obviously, he's now with the Arizona Coyotes. Connor Mackey has not exactly ran away with his opportunity yet, but um, so I'm I'm with him in the sense that there is a maybe depth issue on the blue line in the organizational depth chart with the flames right now, But at the same time, I think that depth is being tested because you have three significant injuries. You know, it's not like you had one guy go down and you automatically had to go to your seventh or eighth defenseman. We're talking about Oliver Shillington not being with the team who was on, you know, a consistent second pair guy last year. One of the best stories on the team last season in terms of the way he was able to grab on his opportunity and run away with a top four Spot in this roster. I mean, Michael Stone's hurt. He's been your consistent third pair guy with Nikita Zadorov. He's had a great start to the season. Everybody loves Michael Stone now, right? And now you've got Chris Tanev, who is that? You know, I always call him. He's like your. He's like your anxiety blanket. He's he's just always there. He makes you feel comforted. Um, he, he cleans things up so well. I mean, and that was one of the things I was going to get into too. I don't know if there is a player more important to the Flames' success than Chris Tanev right now. Sure. You want to say it's Jacob Markstrom because he's your number one goalie, but I feel like you miss Chris Tanev so much when he's not there. And so I hear that clip and I, and I get it. The depth is being tested, but at the same time, you've got three major injuries right now. It's not like the team and the organization And these young players are so bad, Um, you know, so I'm a bit on the fence with it. I don't know what you think. I I think it's maybe I don't want to say it's a bit unfair because you want Connor Mackey to grab hold of this third pair opportunity and be a consistent NHL player. And you want Nick DeSimone to do the same. Um, But we also need to recognize that there's three major injuries to guys who are very important to what the Flames do on the back end.
0: Well, and, and another player we haven't talked about. Now, I've watched him three times this year at Scotiabank Saddledome in the American League, and that's Nick Malosh, who, you know, played a good chunk of time mm-hmm. with San Jose last year, not even really in a position because of the cap to bring him in at this time, because he makes $200,000 more than, you know, the combination of, of Gilbert and De Simone. So... That, that's an interesting twist. Um, Haley, two things. I, d- I don't care what team it is in the NHL. When you're down three of six, you've got a problem. Mm-hmm. I don't know of many teams that are going to deal with that type of loss and not feel the effect. Now, should you be able to piece it together well enough for a while? Yes. But last night was a perfect example. Their top four was terrific, Mm -hmm. but when you lose top four defensemen, and and I loved what you said about Chris because I am so on board with that. Maybe you should start calling him Linus with that. I like that anxiety blanket. (laughs) Uh, He's the
1: weighted blanket that you you know when I like (laughs) little stressed out. (laughs) I like it,
0: and I and I have a son on the spectrum, and and weighted items can be very very helpful for anxious people Mm -hmm. and anxious situations so um no chris chris is special it it is a lot to to ask and that's that's my phrase um you know daryl's gonna say what he said it's in the heat of the battle i understand it i don't disagree like you that some other players didn't push as hard as a lot of people would have liked but in the cap era, you take three D men out of anybody's lineup, even the best. It's going to be hard.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm with you. And, and Oliver Shillington hasn't been with the team early on in camp, and you know for personal reasons. And you know we get a lot of questions on the text line about what's happening with Oliver and when he's going to be back. And you know we've just got to give him the time that he needs to to work through the personal stuff that's going on with Oliver Shillington. And, and there really isn't any other update that we can make. In that regard, when we're talking about Oliver, um, let us know on 960, 960 of that question. Is there a player more critical to the flame success than Chris Tanev? I think Peter and I are on board. He is very, very important to the Calgary Flames. But, you know, I want to transition a little bit to the forward group with you here. Where do you stand on the Huberto patience scale? I know there's been a lot of talk. He's even said, you haven't seen my best yet. You haven't seen nothing yet. I can be better. We know Daryl has said he needs to get up to speed. He hasn't had a great start with the Flames. It's a big adjustment. How are you feeling? Are you concerned or are you feeling okay? Are you somewhere in the middle?
0: Um, I'm feeling okay just because, Haley, this is, you know, somebody I have lots of history with going back to watching him be an MVP when I was calling Memorial Cups. Mm-hmm. Um, in his time in St. John, and'm um, I'm, I'm a massive fan of this person. He cares, he's dedicated. Uh, did he have a game against New Jersey Saturday that I didn't even think he was capable of having? Yes, um, mm-hmm. because he's so prideful, but because I still believe he's hurting from what happened this summer in part. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a really emotional time for him. And if you've ever heard me talk, and I know you have, um, I never forget that they're people. And nobody is putting more pressure on him than him. The Canadian market doesn't help because with every passing day, he gets compared to others. But I will say this. Mm-hmm. I think getting on the road for him was great. And I saw excellent signs of him starting to come out of it. Do I think he's Mm going to get 115 points? No. And he probably never will again, but you know, here's, here's part of his stat line last night that nobody will talk about, but for me, it's important. Haley, he blocked three shots last night.
1: Yeah. And,
0: and, you know, for him right now, It's it's not going anywhere near as well as he or anybody else would like, but it's not for a lack of try engagement and wanting to be the best that he can. And I always think um, those people always will figure it out. It may not be in the timeline that everybody would like starting primarily with him, Mm -hmm. but he'll get there. So my I'm very patient in this situation.
1: Mm -hmm. I think the three block shots is something that you want to see jumping out on a stat line with Huberto, especially with with so much commentary around maybe the offensive numbers not being there, because there was also a lot of commentary around him not being a great five on five player, a great defensive player. And he's doing things and he's working hard. I mean, I don't think there is a lack of effort with Jonathan Huberto. You can see that he's trying. He's fighting it maybe in a way that we haven't seen in a long time. But, you know, you see him making the shot blocks and he's doing other things that he can to help. And he had a great play in the game last night. You're seeing, you know, the the passing ability and the vision that he has. I think I'm with you on the human elements. You know, I think we flash back to the summer and his agent and Mackenzie Wieger's agent are talking to Bill Zito at the draft about contract extensions. And a couple weeks later, they are shipped off to Calgary. And it's been a lot of change for them Um, so I think that, I think that kind of thing takes time and and people who've listened to this and listened to me, I've said that a couple of times and I'm, I'm big on that these are human beings as well. I'm I'm with you when it comes to that. It it takes time. I moved across the country to Calgary. That took me some time to get used to, you know, it's completely different because I'm just a journalist, but it took me a while to get comfortable in my position just as a a member of the media, because you're moving across the country and it's completely different life for yourself. So Thing, things and take you want time. To make an
0: impact. Mm-hmm. And he desperately wants to make an impact. And he understands, you know, he signed a ten plus million dollar extension. But, you know, in a lot of cases with humans, I find our greatest strengths are our greatest weaknesses too. And mm-hmm. most really high achieving people in any industry are the hardest on themselves.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and how you cope sometimes with those things is really difficult. And I think it's harder, Haley, I've always said this, I think it's harder for elite players when it feels like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Because they don't have to deal with it very often, unlike, you know, other players.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But this guy, trust me, he's going to figure it out. There's mm-hmm. no doubt in my mind, none.
1: One of the players, you know, because we've been looking at so many of these new faces and looking at Kadri and and Huberto and Uyghur, I I need to see more from Andrew Mangiapane and Dylan Dubé to maybe a lesser extent. But you look at Mangiapane and the opportunity that was presented to him this summer in terms of being a consistent top line, second line, top six guy with the you know, departures of Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk. I mean, he's someone who said, I look at this opportunity to take the next step and continue to be a cornerstone, and important piece to this team. He has not had a great start to the season, especially when you compare it to last year. I think he had, what, seven goals in his first 10 games of the season. I mean, he was red hot. Yeah, Yeah, he was red hot. You know, we're talking about, is he going to make Team Canada at the Olympics that they didn't end up going to, but he had a great start to last year. And it looks like he's fighting it early on. And I think you need to see more from Andrew Mangiapani as well. This isn't just what's going on with Huberto. You've got to see something more from him, too.
0: I'm I'm glad you brought that up because, uh, you know, when I I lay our pregame show ideas out with Patty, um, it's like you were on my – thought process list today you've gone pretty much <laughs> everywhere <laughs> I've been somebody
1: sent me your first. notes no i just kidding <laughs> so, no and
0: I know they didn't so that's very impressive and thank you <laughs> uh here's I threw out the block shots how about no shots on goal in three games for Andrew Mangiapane and again people get a little confused I think sometimes you know he had them like so many flames had a career year he scored 35 goals but Mm -hmm. Andrew is not a 35 goal scorer and what I mean by that is there's a difference between somebody like Andrew who works his tail off and scores because his work Mm -hmm. and the combination of work and skill are terrific and it lends itself great chances and goals Mm -hmm. Um, he has not been himself no shots in three is not him whatsoever and you're right Um, number 10 of the flames has taken a lot of heat in this market but he's not on an island
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and I don't think it'll be much longer but again Haley you know you, you get a big contract extension you put yourself in a different place and i do think sometimes and i see this a lot not just in the nhl but in junior hockey where you know a youngster will have a great year and they'll get drafted and you know you were there he and dubey work as hard at the craft as anybody you'll ever find so it's mm-hmm. it's not about that but again when it doesn't go well and it's hard for you to understand, you know, you almost get paralyzed sometimes mm-hmm. and you have to make it simple. And Andrew's is a terrific NHL player because of his work. Yeah. And he needs to be a more impactful player. And if mm-hmm. he's around three or four shots in a game, chances are he's had a good night. And mm-hmm. so, That's a stat line that has really stuck with me going into tonight.
1: Mm -hmm. I think when you, I mean, Mangiapane and Dubé are typically the last ones on the ice at any kind of practice, skate. They don't usually take the option. They're always out there. They're always working. So I don't know if it's a question of them not putting in the effort. I just think, when you think of Andrew Mangiapane specifically and when he's at his best, like this is a guy who's a puck hound. He's hard to push off the puck. He's relentless in his pressure, and he's always in and around the net. Like when Andrew Manjupani is scoring and he's making an impact, he's getting to the net front. He's tipping pucks. He's cleaning up the mess. I mean, he's he's got the nose for the net. And I don't know if we've quite seen that yet. And I, and I wonder if all of this and what we're talking about with Manjupani and Dubé and Huberto, um, even, I mean, Kadri had a great start, but that line has maybe taken a step back in the last couple games. I, it's just all a big adjustment. I think that's the, the overarching theme here is that this is a team that is getting used to new faces and new combinations. And I know that's not the sexy take. <laughs> it's a pretty cold one that this team is oh, taking oh, time to it's, adjust, it's, but it might life? just be what's happening, you know? <laughs> it, is
0: what's, it is what's happening. And, and the one thing I'll add, and I, I haven't mentioned this before chatting with you today, but I was thinking about it this morning too. Um, you know, the Flames didn't add, you know, around the bend type pieces this year. They mm-hmm. added like elite people. And even in Andrew and Dylan's case, and yes, it started incredibly well. So maybe this analogy doesn't hold any water at all. But I wonder sometimes when players play with new elite players, if they they don't mean to do it, but they defer sometimes and just a little bit away from their strengths, like Mm -hmm. even I'll make you another example with Elias Lindholm. Now you may agree. You may not, may not agree. Now they had a great line last year, mm-hmm. um, but Elias was the true glue of that group. He yeah. glued it all together. He did the majority of the heavy lifting. So now when you're playing with different types of players, where personally, I don't think he has to do as much heavy lifting playing with Hubert Owen to Foley, as he did in the past.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Does that, does that take you off your game? Because again, for him, who's such a detail focused, being a difference maker, if you just step back again and defer a little bit and get away, does it make a difference? And it doesn't mm-hmm. take much.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the, the question with that, and maybe we're, <laughs> I just, I, I haven't, I'm not sure where I stand yet in terms of the difference in terms of the defensive work. Like, my big question heading into the season was would Elias Lindholm need to do more on the defensive side playing with Tyler Toffoli and Jonathan Huberto? Because we know that Johnny Drew rounded out his game really nicely last season under Daryl Sutter, and we know that Matthew Kachuk you know did so too but at the same time a lot of that was because they spent so much time in the offensive zone and a lot of that was because they had a selkie caliber uh finalist center beside them so i'm, I'm still on the fence is is, is lynn home doing more work this year in terms of keeping the puck in the O-zone and doing all the defensive stuff or, or are things a little bit easier for him i'm still on the fence there um my last question for you before we let you go, because I've stolen a lot of your time. And again, you're very, very busy. And there's a game tonight. Um, and we're going to talk about that right here. New Jersey Devils tonight, second half of the back-to-back. We can probably expect to see Dan Ladar. It's going to be Vitek Vanacek for the New Jersey Devils with Mackenzie Blackwood out for three to six weeks with an ACL tear. Um is there anything else in your pregame notes, What anything we didn't talk about here that you are specifically looking for tonight for the Flames against the New Jersey Devils, something that's going to help them snap this losing streak?
0: I, I just, uh, I I think that Ryan Hoska will try his best, if he can, to take a couple of minutes off his top four Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure he's going to be able to against this group, but I saw so many good signs Haley that what I'm looking for is this. Can you take a game like last night and not emotionally be in a bad place because you lost, even though for 50 of the 60 minutes, I think you played your best game in well over a week.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So if, And again, different challenge, right? Islanders, very Calgary-like. veteran size, grind you. Um, you know, check well. The biggest thing with Jersey that's impressed me, Haley, this year is their defense. Mm-hmm. And I think Ryan McGill is one of the most underrated defensive coaches in all of hockey. You think about the job he did in Vegas, especially early. You remember, you know, yep. they got to the Stanley Cup final with a group of six that all everybody talked about all year was, how the heck do you get to the Stanley Cup final with that group back
1: then? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, he's got John Marino playing Looks hockey great. the way I've never seen him away from the puck, Dougie Hamilton. Anyway, I could go on for a long time, (laughs) but I really like this Jersey team. And and what I'm really looking for from the Flames is their rush defense. Yeah. Because if you let New Jersey, they love to stretch you out, support pucks, and create odd man situations, you have got to do a good job between the two blue lines or you're Mm going to have a long night.
1: Yep. Really, really uh, fast team, really skilled team. And I should say it's an ACL strain. I believe I said tear there. Uh, it's three to six weeks for the ACL sprain. And some, somebody sent me that note on the text line as well. Thank you. Join the conversation, nine sixty nine sixty. Thank you for the time, Peter. I appreciate it. Enjoy the the games, Nate, and have a good call.
0: Thanks. Keep up the great work, Haley.
1: Thank you. There goes uh, Peter Labardius' voice of the Flames on Sports at 960. You can hear him tonight on the call. Flames taking on the New Jersey Devils at 5 o'clock. That chat with Peter Labardius is brought to you by the Gemini Group. Imagine your life, your style, your home. Gemini Group Home Renovations knows that your home renovation should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. The Gemini Group now offering air miles, reward miles. Visit GeminiGroup.ca. So, Uh, yep. Flames taking on the New Jersey Devils tonight. Again, no Mackenzie Blackwood. He's out for three to six weeks. Someone just said, did I call him Pierre? Did I say, I think it was Peter Labardius. Maybe (laughs) join in on the conversation on the text line. Check what I'm saying. Sometimes I can't speak. That is Peter Labardius. I don't think I said Pierre. Can we get an instant replay on that? Um, it's not necessary. Thank you to Peter Labardius. For joining the show, Calgary Flames taking on the New Jersey Devils tonight at five o'clock. I like what he had to say about, you know, the transition defense. That's something that we know Mackenzie Weger is very good at. We're going to need to see a good game from Weger, the top four, and, and maybe a step up from the third pair tonight against a really fast, skilled and young, impressive New Jersey Devils team that is now on a six game win streak. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to go back to the Atlas Pizza Hotline and talk to Kyle Bukoskis. He's a ringside host on Sportsnet and Hockey Night in Canada, talk a bit about the Ottawa Senators. They're in the process of putting the team up for sale, and it sounds like Ryan Reynolds is interested. More on that coming up next on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.
0: You're listening to Hockey Central 960 with Haley Salvian on your home of the flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan.
1: Welcome back to the show. I going through the text line during the break there, 960-960. If you want to join in on the conversation, one of the questions I pose to you who are listening live, is Chris Tanev the most critical piece of the flame success? I think you want to say Jacob Markstrom. I think Markstrom's the obvious answer because he's the number one goalie. He's the guy in the crease, although we've seen he hasn't been as great as he was maybe last year. I personally think Chris Taneb is, is critically important to the flame success, especially when you think about building from the back end and out. But let me know what you think, 960-960, while we wait for some of those messages to come in. We are going to go back to the Atlas Pizza hotline because we've got Kyle Bukoskis on the line. He's a ringside host on Sportsnet and Hockey Night in Canada. Kyle, hello. How are you? Well, hi. Yeah, hi. well...
2: You're, you're like, you've just, just exploded since leaving here in, in Ottawa. you got the big voice saying, welcome back to the show with Haley Salvia. It's, it's, it's wonderful. Good for you, my friend. Great to be on with you.
1: Thank you. Uh, I'm very glad that you kicked it off with the well-hi. For, for context, everyone, there is a video I found on the internet when I was on the beat <laughs> with the Ottawa Senators of a cat saying well-hi in kind of like a southern accent. And I sent it to Kyle, and, and that's how we greet each other. And I chickened out. I didn't do it. I didn't do the little southern cat voice, and I'm really glad that you did. That's a sneak peek yeah, into my friendships with my friends in this industry. Is, you know, you get a sneak peek of it on my Twitter account because there's some really weird memes that come out there, especially like cats who are crying and lots of Baby Yoda, but I send a ton of... <laughs> Funny, stupid videos of cats doing things. Just,
2: uh, it, it's also a great <laughs> snapshot of just how compelling the Ottawa Senators were the season you were here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: we were there was a too. whole lot going on in the rebuild. Um, but they had a big offseason. The rebuild should be over, could be over. People are wondering this season if the flame or the Sens, excuse me, they're going to make the playoffs. Rejuvenated core, they got Claude Giroux, Alex DeBrinket, you extend Josh Norris, Tim Stutzla, and they are sitting what thirtieth in the league right now. Five game losing streak. You're going to be at the game tonight in Ottawa against the Canucks. I mean, what is going on in Ottawa right now? Is is all <laughs> is everything okay? What's what's the temperature check with the Sens right now?
2: Well, I think things are being buoyed by the Ryan Reynolds news here, Haley, and what he said on on the mm-hmm. show last night. Has, has allowed for a nice distraction, at least temporarily, from um, you know what, as you mentioned, has been kind of a, a frustrating stretch here. Because you know they started on the road, they come home, they win four in a row. It was like, okay, this is the team that we thought we were getting, and it's it's been a, a bit of a tough go um, since. But you know, I, I think there's. If you look at the years past under DJ Smith and, and you know, everyone points to, to the starts, October, November, the first, you know, 20 or so games of the year where things really derailed. Um, of course, it's, it's a different team now. And you watch, even though the fact that as I say, it's been five straight losses and, you know, the old saying, you are what the, your record says you are. Um, in terms of how they're playing, like, you really can't look at many, maybe the game in Florida a couple weeks ago where, you know, you thought, man, if, if not for the goaltending, they would have got completely blown out of the water. But they've all effectively been, you know, one-goal games um, outside of a few empty netters here and there. Their goal differential for the year is 0 I think their play five on five. Um, they're scoring five on five. I believe they're they're eleventh in in the league in terms of of goals per game um, like it's 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 not it's not as bad as as I think uh, you know a five game losing streak would would suggest, but I think it speaks to again just a different set of expectations this year, um you know, and the heat being ratcheted up early on because of their histories. Uh, starting poorly under DJ Smith and the question is going, well, are they going to make a coaching change? Um, You know, I I haven't got that sense that they're going to do that. And certainly, you know, if you're going to take Pierre Dorian at at face value and he held court with the media yesterday and Mm -hmm. saying, look, this is, I'm a loyal person. DJ's our coach. I'm happy with, the job he's doing. Not happy with what our record is right now, but but I, I believe in the direction that we're going. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. But of course, we got Vancouver, who's a vulnerable group. Like they're going through their own issues themselves. Come in here tonight. Like I, you look at that game and and who they've got coming up. Like this is a real you know crucial stretch here. They were hoping to be at bare minimum 500 after the first 10 games. They didn't get there. You know after. The first 20 games now is, is I think we're really going to get a sense of has this team turned things around or are, are things you know, really getting late here early?
1: I think when, when it comes to DJ, I think you can acknowledge that there's pressure on him to kind of turn things around and, and have maybe a better record and to snap this streak. But at the same time, I I have a hard time really evaluating the last couple years of DJ Smith as the head coach, the Ottawa Senators, because you look at the roster and the players that he had and and where they were at and their organizational lifespan in terms of the rebuild. We talk about my early days in Ottawa. That wasn't a roster that DJ Smith was going to turn around and turn into a contender right away. He needed the right players in place. But on the other side, I think there is the legitimate question of, is DJ going to be the guy that coaches the Senators when they are a contending team? So I think there's the kind of two schools of thought. But for me, I think you give DJ way more runway than the first couple weeks of the season before you start saying, that's it, we need a new coach in Ottawa.
0: I, and I,
2: I totally agree with you, right? But, I mean, you know, like there's, there's certain sections of, of the fan base, regardless of where you are, that, um, you know, they, they think with, with their heart and their emotion, and which is great, which, much, which is what makes, you know, the sport uh, so entertaining at times. But, but I, I'm with you. I think this is the first year that he's, you know, truly had, had a lineup where you could go, okay, if, if they're, they're properly prepared, if, if, if things come together the way they should, uh, as it's drawn up on paper, then they should at least be, you know, in the mix come March. Um, and so, you know, you go through an early skid here of, of five losses in a row, and now it's like, well, you know, you, you had kind of the, the out there the last few years of, you know, the team wasn't ready to compete yet, but now that, that, uh, that, that card is, is no longer playable. Um, but I think again, just in terms of how they're playing. Like, if you go back to use the example of, of in Calgary during the, the COVID year, where they made the switch from from Jeff Ward and brought uh, Daryl Sutter back into the fold. Like, you can tell with the way things were going, how they were playing towards the end of Jeff Ward's days. Like, it felt like change was was coming. Like that that needed to be the, the next move. Like, I, I don't feel that yet at, at this juncture with with the Ottawa Senators. Like, there's no question in terms of. How hard they play, um, you know. In fact, in the terms of the chances they're generating, like I, I think that that's all still positive. They're just they're just not getting wins yet. And, and is that you know the sign of a group that you know a core that really hasn't had to play with any pressure or trying to be in a position where you're you're winning games consecutively? Maybe that plays a, a role. But um, again, I, yeah, you're right. It's it's tough to know right now if he's going to be the guy when they're in that contender mode. Um, but but at this stage um you know I, I don't have have an issue too much um with with the job that, that he's done and, and the fact that they're just playing the the patient game here
1: i don't think we can underestimate or undervalue the importance of josh norris to this lineup as well he is out oh. um I'm not saying it's a direct correlation that josh norris gets hurt and they've lost five straight but that's their that's one of their top six centers that's their that's one of their go to guys in in all situations and he is not in the lineup right now. So that's something to keep in mind when we're talking about the Sens as well. I want to ask you, though, because you brought up Ryan Reynolds, Kyle. Sens have started the process of a sale of the team. There was some rumors, reports, that Ryan Reynolds is interested. He was on Jimmy Fallon last night. I want to play the clip. It's about a minute long, so we'll give you a little break from talking, Kyle, and people from listening to me. Here's Ryan Reynolds on Jimmy Fallon last night.
3: There's a rumor going on that you may be interested in buying uh, a... Uh, NHL professional hockey team, the Ottawa Senators. The Ottawa Senators, yes, that is -"It's a is Canadian true. team. Yeah, that is a it's an NHL team. The Ottawa Senators. I am trying to to do that. It's a very expensive. So you know, yeah, I it's need. It's not like somebody. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I need a partner with, you know, really deep pockets. Yeah. Um, you know, much That's it's called, a, it's called a consortium or consortium or a consortium mm-hmm. when you form a group together to, to buy an entity. And I just, it's such, a, it's such a fancy way of saying, I need a sugar mommy or a sugar daddy. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, but you, you do um, need one, yeah. Yeah, and if that doesn't work out, I'll buy a U.S. senator, which anyone can afford. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's kind of where... <laughs> that's a lot sort of key there. Wait till, right, yeah. wait till Wednesday. yeah. yeah but I love think. Ottawa. I grew up, I grew up uh, in Vancouver, which has my heart always, but, but I also grew up in Ottawa, uh, Canada, so I spent uh, a long time in Vanier there, which is a little town right inside Ottawa. A and little hockey area is community. Just part of the, uh, it's part of the system when you grow up, that's it's, part of it's, your blood. It's sad, it's scary, but children are eased out of the womb in ice skates in Canada. I mean, that's how <laughs> really they are. They're ready to go. yeah, NHL ready by the time they're four.
1: <laughs> All right, so that was Ryan Reynolds on Jimmy Fallon last night. Shout out, Vanier. I lived kind of near Vanier. Kind of. That's my invisible string or, you know, whatever removed from myself and, and Ryan Reynolds is living in the east end of Ottawa. But uh, Kyle, what what do you make of this when when you hear this clip and everything that's gone on in Ottawa the last however many years? How significant is it in that market to hear that Ryan Reynolds is on national TV talking about how he is trying to get a group together to purchase the Ottawa Senators.
2: I just, I don't know, yeah, I I don't know how to properly quantify it, Haley. I mean, I guess the fact is, like, you know, it's one thing for him to say, yes, I'm interested. I mean, we're a long ways away from something, you know, actually concrete happening. Um, But but the idea that, that someone of his stature would be involved, I mean, you know, what a what a wonderful turn of events that could potentially be for, for the league in general, obviously for uh, fans here in, in Ottawa. I mean, he, there's, there's not many celebs out there, Haley, I don't believe that are like universally liked or as close to universally liked as possible. And he would be, I think, one of the rare few. Like, I think you'd be hard pressed to find someone that's like, I've got a real issue with, with Ryan Reynolds. Um, he's just got that charm about him. Canadian is great. Um, and the thing is, Haley, like, let's have some fun with this. So uh, there's been some rumors out there that, that he's he's going to be at the the game here tonight. I, I've checked in Ooh. with I've had people say, um, you know, they're hearing the same thing. I haven't been able to confirm it. However, and read w- into this what you will, um, there is a private jet currently on its way <laughs> to Ottawa from Teterboro, New Jersey, which is just outside of Manhattan. And, of course, you just played the clip. From last era from the Tonight show with Jimmy Fallon that he was on last night which taped in New York at Rockefeller Air Center um, so is Ryan Reynolds on that plane I don't know he might be
1: <laughs> this um, is the, the deep investigative journalism we've been missing
2: <laughs> yes yes um, so is he gonna be at the game here tonight uh, let's see I think the, the fact that this is all you know gone from the the thinking emoji a few days ago to now here he is on um, one of the biggest late-night talk shows on television saying, yes, I'm interested. Um, this is, like, very rampantly picking up here, and, and I'm for it.
1: Mm-hmm. It's amazing because you, you think of, I mean, even just the, the question from Jimmy Fallon, like, hockey's really big over there in Canada. Yes, Yes, it is, and Ryan Reynolds thinking about purchasing the team is is very significant, Jimmy Fallon. Yes, hockey is is very big in Canada. Before I let you go, we've got one more little clip to play before we say bye to Kyle. I
2: don't
1: know. we got the clip? Oh, it was really quiet. That was the little cat saying, well, hi. <laughs> now we need one <laughs> saying, well, bye. I tried it. I tried my best. Well, bye, <laughs> Kyle. Thanks for the time.
2: <laughs> okay. Sure, we'll do this again. Bye, Haley.
1: See ya. There goes Kyle Vikoskiz. We tried to bring the context of the cat saying, "Well, hi. And we, we couldn't. It was quiet. We apologize. That conversation with Kyle was brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, the 14-time Consumer Choice Award winner for takeout or delivery. Call 403-248-3344 or dine in at Atlas Pizza 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. That's all the time we have today on Hockey Central 960. As a reminder, you can listen to Hockey Central 960 On Demand. Give us a rating review. We'd appreciate that very much. We'll be back on Wednesday at 1 o'clock. And again, the Flames playing the New Jersey Devils tonight at 5. We'll see you on Wednesday.